Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. First, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites, which we will do in the esteemed company of Michael Sullivan, director of Unio Wealth Advisors and author of The Leveling What Next for After Globalization. Good morning, Mike. Joe, very good morning to you. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Cork, Joe. You are in the Republic of Cork. Well, you hope you're having a good time. You're not heading to Paris tomorrow by any chance, are you? Uh, unfortunately not. I, I'm going, going going to stay here and uh, watch the match here. So I'll, I'll miss the crowds, but um, hope for a good result. Well, we all will be. I'll be heading to Paris myself. So I'm already biting, biting my nerves. Can we start with Owen Burke Kennedy? Uh, and they're doing uh, another story about the budget. Uh, so just to start with, uh, it's good news of a, a technocratic type for uh, uh, Michael McGrath, who gave his, his first budget uh, this week. So Umber Kennedy reporting that the ESRI has studied the impact of the budget uh, and, and found effectively that the measures introduced in the budget uh, will mean that um, many lower income households, particularly elderly people in Ireland, uh, will have higher uh, real income after the budget. And what that means is that their their income adjusted for inflation and the ESRI is using an inflation rate of 3.2 percent. Uh, will still rise, and this is because of a whole range of one-off measures. So it's not a it's not a permanent effect, but um, I, I guess across the spectrum, uh, good news uh, for for Michal McGrath that the budget has been declared progressive, uh, which means effectively that the the tax rate rises as people's income uh, rises as well. Yeah, ESRI is is a serious uh, think tank, and so their analysis is respected in government. But as you say, it's mostly thanks to the one-off stuff, the extra child support um, over Christmas, the energy supports uh, that, that carried it over line in, in making it a progressive budget and one that should put uh, money in people's pockets. Now, uh, Bloomberg has a story about Ryanair and its ongoing issues with Boeing. So this is a story for people who are going on holidays this Christmas uh, or even the summer, Joe. Um, and I think it, it speaks to the uh, supply chain disruptions that many industries have had. So Ryanair expected to have uh, 27 new aircraft from Boeing by the end of this year. They'd only get 14. Um, they expected to get 57 aircraft in the summer, probably only get 40. Uh, Michael O'Leary, understandably, uh, not happy about this, um, and 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 the the I guess failure of Boeing to deliver uh, is all down to problems in uh, in supply chains. We've seen this much the same from uh, from Airbus. So one of our themes uh, at Uno for 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 this year is the effect of inflation. Again, we saw the same uh, in our budget and the effect of inflation from uh, supply chain disruptions, which are still ongoing and not made any any better by geopolitics. The interesting thing about Ryanair's relationship with Boeing is that Ryanair describes these new 737 MAX aircraft as game changers. Boeing don't describe them as that. So they really love the aircraft, but they must be livid if they have a booked and sold uh, flights and now they have to withdraw them, including flights from Dublin and from Charlois because of this issue. And as you say, it's not just Boeing. It's not just Boeing. Uh, for example, if we take uh, Ryanair's rival EasyJet, um, they typically tend to order from Airbus, uh, and they also have seen uh, have seen delays. So it's 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 a global problem. 
Um, Ryanair have stated they may have to cancel some routes. Uh, and one of the reasons, of course, they like the uh, the Boeing plane uh, is because of the kind of economics it offers them. So, so they're not happy. No. Um, Politico has a story about the Digital Services Act. It looks as if it's being revved up for its first, for its maiden voyage in terms of potential punishments. This is a hugely uh, significant story, Joe, I think at a whole range of levels um, from you know, the geopolitics of tech, uh, the behaviour of billionaires like Elon Musk and also Europe's role as the lead uh, regulator globally in terms of uh, technology and increasingly AI. So there was an exchange during the week uh, between uh, Thierry Breton, who's the European commissioner responsible for, for the Digital Services Act, where he effectively shot uh, across the bow of Elon Musk because of the disinformation uh, that X or Twitter has been spreading uh, and also some of the, the un- unverified accounts and images uh, relating to the terror attack on uh, on Israel. Uh, Elon Musk responded on Twitter in a way which to me suggested he didn't quite understand the, the European regulations. Uh, he didn't because understand, it, on, first of all, the idea of, of negotiating in public on a public platform with the European Commission is crazy. It's crazy. It's not something you do with the likes of uh, Thierry Breton, who is uh, in many ways a sort of a classic uh, French, French yeah. uh, civil servant. Um, and I think this is significant that the, the, um, the Commission is taking on uh, Twitter like this. And, and what's happening in the background of this is that the uh, in the area of AI, the, the EU is now uh, far in the lead in terms of uh, regulating AI. It has the, the European AI Act, uh, which is slowly being shaped. Uh, there's more to come from the the G7 led by uh, led by Japan uh, and Britain very soon is having an AI safety conference. So, so Europe really is beginning to stake a claim uh, and to shape the regulatory landscape, uh, not just in in AI but in digital services. Um, and I think for the likes of uh, Twitter or, or, or X, um, who uh, manifestly manifestly have been spending far less um, in terms of people who might verify the content uh, on the platform, um, this is potentially quite a quite quite a significant moment. Yes, yeah, so X, of course, withdrew from the voluntary code of practice on disinformation at the start of this year, uh, only a few months after Elon Musk took control uh, of Twitter. Uh, last autumn. Um, It'd be very interesting to see how quickly the Commission can act because the DSA does provide for massive fines of up to 6% of your global turnover, but it also can switch off Twitter in in the entire European continent. It, it can actually, and, and I think many companies perhaps don't realise um, the the depth of the the regulations in the Act. Um, so Twitter could be fined, as you say, up to five or six percent uh, of their uh, their turnover. Uh, the bankers who structure the purchase of uh, Twitter or X for 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 Elon Musk, um, I think, will be very worried worried about this. Um, and, and I think the, the company itself to be restricted in, in Europe, which is potentially the biggest single market in the world um, for this product, uh, would be hugely significant. Yes, indeed. Let's see how this one plays out. But it could be a very significant... If Elon Musk decides to dig in his heels, which he hasn't been known to do, uh, it could be a very interesting immovable object versus unstoppable force type moment. Uh, and the Financial Times, it is a story about Jess Staley, the former boss of Barclays. 
Uh, Joe, I think this is a, a, another uh, significant story. It won't appear so at first reading, but uh, in, in, in terms of what the regulators in the UK have done, um, I think it's a very important uh, first move. So they have given the first regulatory ban uh, to Jess Daly, who used to be the CEO of Barclays. Before that, he worked at JP Morgan, uh, effectively because he misled them about the uh, the nature and the extent of his relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, uh, getting a ban and being declared uh, not fit and proper in the city of London might seem uh, innocuous or harmless to many people, but in the scheme of things, it's a uh, it's, very it's a very very it's a very very big sanction. Um, financially, it will hurt as well because he will have to forfeit nearly eighteen million. Uh, pounds in deferred uh, bonuses. So this, I think, is the FCA really uh, stepping forward. Um, it's important as well in terms of the the trying to shape a change in behaviour um, of uh, people in the financial services and the industrial and, and, and corporate world. Um, and I think as well at a time when the idea that ESG, which is um, effectively the company's ability to adhere to uh, better standards on social governance uh, and environmental standards. This is important because the, the part of ESG people tend not to focus on is the G part, the governance part. So this is actually a very important um, development in that respect. Yeah, and very, very briefly, Mike, and the inflation number came in a bit hotter than expected yesterday in the United States. It did, and that led to a big sell-off in the in the U.S. bond market. So I think what we're seeing, and this would be our view at Unio, is that inflation effect globally effectively is here to stay, in the sense that uh, an era of, of inflation of two percent and below uh, is now over. Inflation is getting very very sticky for lots of reasons: strong job market, uh, supply chain uh, disruptions, strong consumer spending in many countries. And also, Joe, to go back to our first uh, point this morning, many governments um, across Europe and also in the States uh, are fighting inflation with higher spending, which effectively sustains it in many cases. Yeah, it becomes a vicious circle, doesn't it? Mike, thank you so much uh, and have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the match tomorrow evening. That's Mike O'Sullivan there from Unio Wealth Managers. Back in a Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.